Today we're starting this brand new series called Life Together. Life Together. It's a four-week series. I'm starting it today here, but every summer what we do at New Life, um, Pastor Juan and I just got back from a pastor's retreat um, out in Lincolnshire. There were, there were, I think there's like 60 or 70 people which were pastors and their wives, okay? So about 30, 30-something 30 pastors. And, um, and what we do is in the, in the season in August, uh, for two weeks, we do what we call a pulpit swap, okay? So all the pastors don't preach at their location for two weeks, okay? And we go around the city to one of the other locations and, and, and just so that people know the other pastors of New Life, okay? And so for the next two weeks, Pastor Juan or I are not going to be here. You're going to have two great, great preachers, amen? So I want, you, I want to encourage you to be here and to, and, you know, don't, don't, don't say, oh, man, Pastor Juan's not going to be there. I, I'm not going to go. I, I encourage you to come and hear maybe a, li- a slightly different voice but the same message of the gospel, amen. These are great men that are coming to preach, so we're excited for that. I'll be in Villa Park on the 13th and in Oak Lawn on the 20th, so we're looking forward to that, amen. Um, will you pray with me this morning as we begin? Father, we thank you for this beautiful time of worship. Um, we thank you for the worship team. We thank you for their talents. We thank you for their voices, for their instruments, Lord. And, Father, just for the liberty to raise our hands and lift our voices to you and lift our hearts to you in praise and worship, Lord. We have that freedom here to do that. And, uh, and so we love that time. Thank you for giving us that time. We pray for uh, your word, this message. We pray that, uh, that you will speak through the words that I use, Lord, but they, they, but the, they may come out of you. The scripture, your word, O oh God, and uh, just lead us and guide us this morning. Anoint our voices, anoint our ears to receive, to believe, and Father, to go out of these doors and, and make a change in our lives, Lord. And so we thank you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let me put my two hour clock here for the message. Um, hey, today's, a, like I said, a four part series called Life together. And if you're interested in reading more a little bit about the, 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 the things that we're going to share over the last few weeks, there's a book called um, Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, okay? He was a, um, a, a pastor and a, and a theologian in the times of, 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 of Hitler, and, 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 and he, he just made some great transformations during that time, uh, great preacher, great pastor, great uh, theologian. So his book is called Life Together, and so we're talking a lot about, about the things that he covers in that book. Now, the basic idea that we want to talk about is Christian community. It's Christian community. Now, <clears throat> you know, we all experience seasons when things are great, right? We all have times in our lives when things are going great, family's doing great, we haven't had a fight in two weeks, and things are going great. Maybe your job's going great, school's going great, and just life, uh, you know, all around is going great. 
And we like sharing those moments when things are going great, right? Um, when we have a, a birthday celebration or maybe someone's graduating or somebody got a promotion at work, we like celebrating those things because these, th those, that's when things are going great. And we like to share those good times with everyone because it's easy to share the good times. But how many know that we also experience seasons where we struggle? Amen. I, I, I have, right? We all experience moments or seasons where we're struggling uh, in many different areas or maybe in just one area, but there's times of struggle and, um, uh, uh, you know, hard times that we're going through, low times in our lives. Um, however, unlike when times are going great, when times are, when we're struggling, we're not very open to always share what we're going through, right? We're not always as excited about talking to our struggles with others, right? And so, um, you know, we, 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 instead we kind of isolate ourselves. We, we start feeling shame uh, about what we're struggling, right? And, you know, sometimes we even stop going to church. And when somebody asks us, hey, I haven't seen you in church in a few weeks. Uh, uh, how are you? And, you know, a typical response is, well, you know, I'm going through some things, so... Uh, I, I'm trying to get some of those things right in my life. But the reality is that when things are, when we're struggling in life, those are the times that we need community, that we need people around us, that we need someone to encourage us. We need uh, uh, God's family to be able to walk through those seasons uh, uh, that, that, that are tough. And so the idea here is that you don't have to face hard times alone. Amen? Life together is more than just sharing the good parts of life. Living Christian community means that we take advantage of the community that we have, that we take advantage of this place, this group of people that's called the church. Um, it is God's family. It is a community that we take advantage of that so that we can make it through the hard times in life, through the struggles in life. Now, there's a couple of things about uh, Christian community. One is that it, it was designed by God. It was his idea. It's nothing that we're coming up with, right? If you look in the book of Acts, it's all about community. It's all about people sharing their lives together and walking together in good times and in bad times, right? So this is God's design for the church, It is meant for us to work, uh, uh, walk together. It's designed, you and I are designed to need one another in our lives. It's also rooted in God's Word. It's biblical. I, I just mentioned the book of Acts, and we can find it all over the book of Acts, how people just walk together in community. The third thing that I would share about that is that community is not really optional. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus, it's not like you can opt in to community and say, well, I'm going to be an effective follower of Jesus, but I don't need to be around anybody. I can just do it all by myself. That is not the design of God. That is now how God created us. He created us for community. And so... <clears throat> Every August, usually the series that we do in August, is typically around community. 
around, you know, trying to uh, teach about what the church is. Why do we do that in August? Because in September, when school starts, when the fall starts, and people kind of wrap up their summer vacations, and, and, you know, the kids were out of school, and maybe some parents, teachers are out of school, and the summer can be a little distracting, right? People kind of, uh, you know, uh, don't go to churches often, and, and, and because they got all these other things to do. In the fall, people tend to come back to church. People tend to regroup to church. Even people that had not never visited a church in the fall, it's a season that people say, you know what, maybe it's time for me to start going to church. So the fall is a great opportunity for us as a church to welcome a lot of people back into the church, back into community. And so as a church, we need to be ready to understand what the church is, what community is, so that when somebody walks through the door, they can walk into and feel like they're coming to a family reunion, right? Uh, like they're welcoming a, a new member to the family uh, and not feeling, uh, you know, strange in a strange place. So that's why we do it uh, in, in, in September. Um, this series is meant to encourage you individually, and it's also meant to challenge us us as a church to, towards living in community. Um, this is how God intended it, and this is what it means to be the church. So today, uh, we're just going to lay a foundation for community uh, to, uh, through uh, three things that I want to share with you this morning. Um, number one is that to follow Jesus if you're a follower of Jesus, right, if you call yourself a Christian, a believer, you've given your life to, to Christ, if you follow Jesus means to be a part of, the, of his church, right? To follow Jesus means to be a part of his church, right? You didn't join just some club that you can come in once a year or twice a year uh, and that, you, you know, you give a donation and, and that. No, you're walking into a family, into a community, and that's what the church is. So if you're a follower of Christ, you are part of his church. So we're going to be reading out of the, out of the uh, uh, book of four, uh, First Corinthians Chapter 12, we're going to be looking at verses 12 through 26. So if you have your Bibles or your phones or your tablet, you can follow along. Otherwise, we'll have uh, the, the Scripture here on the screen. But 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 12, says this. It says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body and one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So the Apostle Paul here is comparing the church to a physical body, right? It's comparing the church to a physical body. Now, when we see a physical body, when we see a person, we typically think of them as just one part, one person that's walking down the street, right, or standing somewhere. It's one person, right? But the reality is that a person, a body, is made up of many, many parts, right? We have hands, we have eyes, we have ears, we have a mouth, we have feet, and every part of our body has a different function, right? 
Um, the feet are not doing the, the, the things that the hands are supposed to be doing. The ears can't see anything. The eyes can't hear anything. And so each part is important. It's, 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 it needs to be attached. It needs to be part of the body in order for, for it to be effective and efficient. And, and so it's many parts that make up the human body. And um, all these parts have a unique function. And they enable the body to work the way it's supposed to work. So every part of our body is essential, okay? Now, <clears throat> with the church, when we talk about the church, it's the same thing, right? The church is one body. It's one body, um, and each of you, each of you have an essential part in the body of Christ. Each of you have an essential part in the church. So, <clears throat> sometimes we need to understand what the church is and the, what the church is not. Because I think we, we, we get confused, and we all do this, right? We say, hey, did you see that church on 19th and Oak Park, right? We think of the building. We think of, 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 of a structure, right? But really, the church is not a building. The church is people. Amen? You're still with me? All right, I got to stay awake, so, so I, need to, uh, um, I need you to yell back. Uh, the church is also not a structure, right? It's not, it's, it's not a physical structure. It's a group of relationships that work together, right? It's a group of people interconnected with relationships. The church is not a program. It is a family The church is not brick and mortar or wires or shingles or plumbing or, you know, electrical wires running through. The church is more about laughter. It's more about tears. It's more about celebrations. It's, it's, it's sometimes about mourning. It's about living life together as the body of Christ. And that is what makes up the church. Amen? Can you turn to your neighbor and say, you are the church. So when you give your life to Christ, when you make a confession and say, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus, did you know that you immediately, immediately become part of the church? You immediately become part of this body of believers, of this, of this body, of, of, of this community of believers called the church. Did you know that it doesn't matter where you came from? As long as you give your life to Christ, you're part of the church. You're a member of the church. We can argue what membership is, but I'm just, I'm just saying that you're part of the family. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. Your past doesn't matter. Your qualifications don't matter. What matters is that you believed and you received Christ in your life. That was, that's what John 1 says, right? That those who believe and those who received them, he gave them the, the, the privilege to be called children of God. You become part of God's family. Now, to illustrate this a little more, I want to talk about a puzzle, Okay. Um, now, I'm not a puzzle guy. My wife not, is not a puzzle person. But the other day for her birthday, one of our grandsons gave her a puzzle, right? 
I don't know what it is about. We give puzzles to children and to old people, right? So I don't know if they're saying we don't have nothing else to do, but, but they gave her a puzzle. And <clears throat> it's a puzzle from the movie Up. I don't know if you guys remember the movie Up, right? So it's this older gray-haired couple, right? Um, and that's the image that's on the, uh, on the cover. But the, the, the thing with this puzzle that they gave her, it's a double-sided puzzle, right? On one side is when they were young, and on the other side is when they were old. So it's double the difficulty of trying to put this together, right? It has a thousand pieces, and it's been on our dining table for like four weeks already. And uh, my wife just can't, you know, can't get through it. But, 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 you know, that's what a puzzle does. But something that I was noticing about that puzzle was that the goal of the puzzle is to reflect an image, to show a picture. Sometimes it's, it's water, sometimes it's buildings, trees, you know, some kind of image. In this case, it's the faces of, of, of that couple from the movie, right? And the, the, the whole goal is to... At the end, when all the pieces are put together, is to reflect an image or a picture. That's the goal, right? Now, in order to see the image, you need every, every single piece, all 1,000 pieces, you need them together to be able to see the full picture. One piece alone doesn't complete the puzzle, right? If you just put one piece of that puzzle, it doesn't show you anything. In fact, sometimes one piece, you can't even tell what it is, right? It could be just a, a piece of a color. So one piece alone cannot reflect the image that it, was, that, that it was created for. On the other hand, you can have all 999 pieces together and if you lost one of those pieces, it just doesn't seem complete. It doesn't seem complete. You can have almost everything, and my sense is that you're not, if you're the ones that, that, that frame you know, puzzles, you're probably not going to frame it and put it on the living room, right? Why? Because it's missing that one piece. It's missing. You can't just put something else in its place because it was designed and it was cut the exact shape that it was needed to complete the puzzle. How does that compare to the church? Did you know that the goal of the church is to reflect Jesus? Is we're, we're the, the, the goal of the church is to reflect Jesus, right? To show the image of Jesus through the church. In other words, when people see us as the church, they need to see Jesus. That's the goal, right? And here's the thing. You, say to your neighbor, you... Oh, we can do it better. Ready? One, two, three. You are an essential part of the church. Every one of you, every one of us that's sitting in this place or standing, um, we are an essential part of the church. 
And God created you just like that puzzle, that, 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 that piece that's uniquely cut, right? You were created in a very unique way. There's nobody else like you with the same DNA, with the same fingerprint, with the same, you know, whatever, however they identify people. There's nobody else in this world, however many people there are, that has the same cut as you. Amen? You are unique. And God created you to be part of the church, to be part of the puzzle, right? So it, on a Sunday morning, if you're thinking, well, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go to church today. You know, the, 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 the temperature is great. The beach looks great. I think, you know, they probably don't need me at, at church. Let me tell you, the way you were created, the way you were cut, the, the way you were designed, you are a unique part of the church and you are needed. Amen? You are needed. Did you know that someone can take your place to do certain things, but no one can take your, the, your purpose and your destiny that God created for you as part of the church? What do I mean by that? Hey, somebody can, you know, can, can, can you know, can be a, a, a step into to be a greeter for you or to do the parking lot or to do the things that we do on a Sunday morning, right? But you never know if God called you on a Sunday morning to speak a word of encouragement to someone that is sitting next to you, struggling in their life, dealing with something heavy, and they just need someone to come by their side and, and give them a hug and say, hey, I want to pray for you. I want to encourage you. I want to love you. You are needed. You are, you are designed by God. You are a child of God. And maybe God called you this morning to be able to do that to somebody, and he did not call anybody else to do that but you. Amen? Your purpose in the body of Christ and your calling is unique. And God created you with a very specific purpose. And nobody else fits in that puzzle of the church like, like you. On the other side, you alone cannot reflect the image of Jesus. Maybe, maybe you can reflect parts of the image of Jesus. Right? And, uh, <clears throat> but we need community. We need brothers and sisters walking with us in everyday life in order for us to be part of that church and to be part of that reflection of who Jesus is. We can't do it alone. We were not designed to do it alone. And so God created you to be a living part of the body of Christ. That's an amazing thing, God. He created you to be part of this family, to be part of this community of believers, right? Now, being part of God's family doesn't mean that everything's perfect, that all our relationships are going to be perfect, that, man, once you join the church, you never have any problems. You're going to get along with everyone in the church 100%. Uh, no, unfortunately, it doesn't happen, right? Why? Because we're human, And we all have some kind of brokenness in us, right? But together, we make it through that. And together, God puts the different parts with different functions to be able to uh, uh, help one another, to be part of that, of that church that allows us to move forward. Our 
Our unity as a body of Christ changes the way we see life sometimes. When we walk with the church, when we walk in community, we start to see things different. Conflicts start to look different, right? Unity influences how we care for one another, right? If we're experiencing a, a, a good a Christian community, a good Christian family, it starts to change how we care for others even outside of our church community, right? It impacts how we affirm the value of another person in our lives, right? So here's the question that we can ask ourselves. Am I being a champion of unity? Am I being someone that is taking part into a community, someone that is truly embracing what it is to be part of of God's church. There's big, uh, big uh, deep significance in being part of the church. Psalm 133.1 says, how good, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Christian community, the church, church God's family, it, is, it, it needs to be a good thing, right? It shouldn't be a chore. It shouldn't be an obligation or a job. Oh, man, I, I, I have to fellow. Do I have to fellowship? Do I have to love other people? I mean, does lo, does lo, isn't loving God enough? Do I really have to love other people? Being part of this community should be a good thing, should be a pleasant thing, should be a positive thing. Thing. It says, how good and how pleasant is unity between God's people? How desirable is it? How wonderful it is? How amazing it is when people do life together. When you have someone that you can walk life together with. Uh, uh, the psalmist says, how it is it's a good thing. It is something pleasant to be able to be part of that. So to follow Jesus is to be part of his church. The second thing is that God strengthens and encourages us with his church. The purpose of the church is to, for us to strengthen the church and for us to be strengthened by the church. For us to encourage the, the, the parts of the church and for us to be encouraged by the church. So we are his church and we're here to strengthen one another, to encourage one another because that is what the church does. Listen to verse 14. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, uh, that does not make it any less part of the body. Verse 16, and if the ear says I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, would you, uh, how, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? It's going back to the fact that the body, in this case the church, has many parts. And every part is different. Every part has a different shape, has a different function, has a different calling. Uh, every person has a different purpose, a different calling, specifically that God has called you in your life. The church has many members, and we are all different, and that's okay. That's how God created us, right? Right? 
Some of us look different. Some of us speak different. Some of us dress different. Some of us may think a little different. We have different jobs, different tasks, different purposes. But we are all part of the same body. And living in community doesn't mean that we all do the same thing, right? We don't, we don't all do the same task. We are called to do many different things. Verse 18 says, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. I like verse 18 when it says, God has put each part exactly where he wanted it. What that means is that you as a believer, you as a member of the church, you as a, as, as a member of, the, of God's community, of God's family, God has personally chosen you and God has put you exactly where he wants you to be. He has called you to something very specific. One of the versions says that he, he arranged exactly where he wanted you. Going back to the puzzle, you know, the pieces of the puzzle, they have a very specific place that they go. You can't say, I'm going to switch these, this piece up here and, and put it down here and this other piece put it up here because they're not going to fit. It's not going to be what they were created for, right? And so uh, for each of us, God has already arranged exactly where God wants you. He knows what he wa where he wants you. He has a purpose for you. He has a, a place for you. He has a role for you. And he has a purpose. And that gift or that role or that task that God has given you is, is, is part of his church. And it's very unique and very specific, as I mentioned earlier, right? You're not just another greeter. You're not just another volunteer. You're not just another preacher. You're not just another singer. You're not just another life group leader, right? God has called you with a very specific uh, gifting that he wants to use in you. And we don't all have the same gift, right? We're all different because there's different needs in the church. And so God gave us a variety of gifts to be able to strengthen the body. You need to be strengthened by the, by the body. You need to be strengthened by the church. And we also need to help strengthen the church. And those two things together is what makes up the church, what makes up a Christian community. Um, the second part of this is that we encourage and are encouraged by the church, by the community. Verse 21 says, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can never, uh, can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Here's something that I hope will encourage you. You are needed. Amen. You are needed. The role that you're playing right now is part of the church. Uh, you are needed. God not only created you for that, he called you for that, but he needs you for that role, for that part in the body. Four of the saddest words that we can hear personally is when somebody tells us, I don't need you. Or you're not needed. I don't, I don't need you, Right? And, uh, you know, that, a lot of times we find that even in church, right? 
But, but the word of, uh, of God says that, hey, we need each other because we are part of the body. We, we, we need, you know, I, I, this body can't say to the leg, I don't need you, right? Or to the hand, I don't need you because it is essential. So I just want you to be encouraged and know that you are needed as part of God's church. Verse 22 says, in fact, some parts of the body seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that we should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together so that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among members so that all the members can care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer. And if one part is honored, all parts is, are honored. Here's what it's saying. There's no level of importance on your contribution to the church. There's no role in the church that's more important than others, right? Um, if you think, well, you know, I'm just helping park cars outside, right? Well, that role is not more important than the person that's preaching up here, right? Or, or than the pastor of the church or, or, or a leader. And what it's saying, hey, don't, don't, don't take your role in the church as, oh, I just have this tiny little role. It's insignificant. What I do doesn't really matter. You know, no, God has called you. And what you do is important and what you do has an impact into other uh, lives around you. Amen? So to follow Jesus is to be part of his church. He strengthens and encourages with his church. And the third one, and I'll ask the worship team to start coming up. The third one is that God impacts the larger community with his church. God impacts the larger commun community around us through his church, with his church. Look at Psalm 133, verse 3 says, Harmony is, a, as, uh, is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountain of Zion, and there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Let me explain what that, what that means. First of all, it's talking about harmony. It's talking about unity. It's talking about community. It's talking about the church, you know, walking in life together, right? Having harmony, having unity. And so he's, this illustration is talking about that, and it's comparing it uh, uh, to Mount Hermon. Now, Mount, Mount Hermon is a mountain in the northern part of Israel. And the, the, uh, the, the dew, right, or the tiny, you know, drops of water that, that, that are generated up on the mountain, it says that those little drops, right, those little dew, those little drops of, of water, they start to roll down the mountain, and, they, and, and, and it creates so much water that it, that it creates blessing on, on when they roll down to the valley and to the river, right? And so you may think, well, this one little drop of water up at the top of the mountain on a tree doesn't really do anything. But, but what it says, hey, um, that harmony is as refreshing as the dew falling from Mount Hermon on the mountains of Zion, and that the Lord has pronounced blessing 
upon you know the 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 valleys down at the at at the at the bottom right that area is very hot and very very dry in Israel and in the summers there's very little or no uh, or no rain and so this do this this, this this what someone would consider a small thing is a huge blessing to the land and to and, and and very critical for the harvest of that season so without the dew the land wouldn't get water and what he's saying hey when the church lives life together, when the church comes together as community, when the church has unity, when the church has harmony, right? Even though you may think, well, I'm just one person sitting in a pew. I really don't do anything. I don't preach. I don't, I don't, I don't testify in the streets. I don't know much about the Bible. I don't, I, I don't do many things uh, in the Word, right? Um, but even you as a single person sitting on here, God wants to use you and all of us together to bring a blessing to the community around us, amen, to be a blessing to, so that people around us can hear the word of the gospel. So never think, oh, I'm just an insignificant drop of water, and I don't really have much impact in the kingdom of God. No, we are all essential part of his church and God is using you to, 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 to bring that blessing to the community around us. The idea, this idea of unity resonates with the word of Jesus as well in John 13, 34, and 35 when he says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. He says, Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Verse 35 says, your love, listen to this, your love for one another. In other words, your community, your unity, your harmony, the way that you do life together as a church, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus says, people are going to know me. This is what Jesus says. They're going to know me through you. People are going to come to know Jesus through you. People are going to see who Jesus is and, 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 and Jesus' love. They're going to see it through you and through us as a church. It says, the way that you love, your love for one another will prove to the world, to those that don't believe, to those that are outside of our Christian uh, community, they're going to see that, they're going to see the love, and they are going to know that we are his disciples. So when you and I take part in community, when you, you and I engage in the church, we are being part of the impact into the community around us. You don't need to become a preacher or a missionary to make an impact in God's kingdom. One way is to be a full participant in his church, to fully engage in community, to fully engage into being part of the church, being part of this community of believers. Community should lead us to unity, and unity has a huge impact in the, 
to the people around us. Our unity as a church helps facilitate worship and the spiritual climate of everyone in the church. Our unity uh, helps those uh, in the family to grow in, 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 as they become children of God. Now, this is what happens when there's no unity in the church. This is what happens when there's no community, right? Without unity, prayer is hindered. That means that if we're not walking in life together and we're not walking in community, it says that our prayers are hindered. Without unity, there's not much encouragement from one to the other. Without unity, the truth uh, uh, divides us, right? The truth is divided. Why have my own truth? You have your own truth. We don't, we're not all on the same page. Without unity, I may have my agenda. You may have your agenda. We have different um, paths, different agendas. Without unity, people carry burdens all on their own. Without un unity, we're all walking on our own with doubts and questions. But when unity does happen, when we walk in community, we, we, when we walk in harmony, we, we engage in God's church, hey, we begin to lift one another in prayer. We begin to encourage one another. We begin to rally around the truth, and it's not, it's, not, it's not just my truth or your truth, but it's what the Word of God says, and we begin to look at that because we start to walk uh, united in that. When we're in unity, our agenda is God's agenda, not my agenda. When we walk in unity, we start to carry each other's burdens. When we walk in unity, we, we stop feeling like we're alone in this whole thing. We feel like, hey, I'm not alone in this life after all. I have brothers, I have sisters that can walk with me. I'm not alone. And we begin to feel covered. We begin to feel protected like we're part of a true family, of God's family. Will you stand with me this morning?